Hi everyone and welcome back to yet another episode of Faith Renown's Insight and Faith Renown. Today we have Victor with us. So hi Victor, welcome to the show. Hello. Okay. So hi Victor, welcome to the show. Um, could you kindly introduce yourself to the listeners today for us please? Thank you so much for having me today. So my You're name welcome. is Victor Sasanya. Um, I'm currently a third year student um, at the University of Warwick studying economics. And outside of that, um, I'm a public speaker. I speak on topics such as entrepreneurship, um, leadership, personal development and and yeah, I'm excited to, to join you today. Thank you for joining me. I, um, honestly, I'm really excited uh, to ask you some questions and to get stuck into it. So without further ado, let's jump into the actual episode then. Okay, so Victor, so um, let's talk a bit about your website. What was the catalyst for you to start your your own website? My website, yes. Yeah. Um, I actually started that website during lockdown. Um, mm, I remember yeah. I had no idea. If you asked me going into 2020, um, would I have a website? Would I be able to be found on Google, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah. Ask me, like, what for? What am I selling, et cetera? <laughs> but um, no, so t- after sort of the pandemic came around during March, I had sort of this program should you say or sort of like mm. a workshop called 2020 vision 2020 vision yeah yep yeah, I jumped on zoom and I basically set up um and so basically the idea was that every single day I'll get on zoom at 7 a.m with a group of individuals who were similar to me and we'll talk about how we can reignite our 2020 vision because everyone oh. entered the year talking mm. about 2020 vision but they were all doom and, doom and gloomy um when mm. the pandemic came mm. so off the back of that I sort of just built up a network and I, and I started to speak to so many different people. Yeah. It actually led me opening up. Um, I had like a cool sort of website. This is not the actual website I created. So this is mm-hmm. sort of like the, you can call it a prototype. If yeah. That makes yeah, sense. yeah. Your, your MVP, your minimal viable product. So I had like a, a landing page. So it was just a one page website. Mm. And it was basically a place where people can just read a short bio about myself and book a call, sort of like a, a premium calendly yeah yeah so I had that and um what I found is that a lot of people are actually interested in what I have to say and mm. what I have to do etc and just through the traffic of people booking calls it actually made me think you know what why don't I actually make an actual website which will be a central hub for everything Victor Sasanya that's what sort of made me to create the website victorsasanya.com yeah thanks Victor that's really really insightful and I think I, I do share a similar sentiment because in the pandemic and you know you know during that really kind of hard and difficult time people were really struggling in terms of their mental health as well and I think it was good that you stepped up almost to well you did step up really to help other people I think that's very good to it's very commendable right to help other people and through their struggles and I think waking up at 7am to do that that is honestly um commendable and congratulations to you, to you for that because 7 a.m is something right I mean that shows your passion your dedication and your drive just to really make sure that other people are really surviving through these really difficult and unprecedented times I really love the name 2020 vision I love having a vision and my, my dad's always kind of like pressed me to have a vision um so I just want to ask briefly like what is the kind of the story behind the name 2020 vision like is it anything that kind of like acts as a catalyst you to call it that or is it just something that that you thought kind of it would kind of like really um fit you know the context that it was in yes no that's a good question so I guess <laughs> what led me to call that it was, it was the very fact that 
in 2020 there was this idea of of a vision everyone enters the new year with a new year's resolution yeah not knowing what december will look like but you sort of have that vision that idea in your head yeah, you so do, when yeah. i thought about what's happening to everybody's goals you know essentially mm-hmm. their vision i thought that hold on a minute people are chucking this in the bin because we've had something such as a pandemic which well not in my lifetime that I've ever um sort of remembered has happened so it chucked Mm -hmm. everyone on a on a different sort of footing so calling it 2020 vision was to realign sort of people's purposes and what they set out to do when they started the year and making sure that you know of course with the constraints and, and the environment they can some sort somewhat pivot in order to still achieve their goals and their vision so that's why we call it 2020 vision great that's so interesting actually because I've always been really fascinated about you know having a vision um, I think having goals and setting goals and meeting those goals is really really important and my um I think my dad told me about this thing called uh, it's like a phrase that says basically when time meets purpose it creates your destiny and I've always been like really um interested and you know really motivated to set goals and actually meet them because one thing to actually make and set a goal but it's another thing to actually meet those goals and you said people were really pivoting and not meeting those goals so I really commend you once again for you know starting that I think 2020 vision is something that people will definitely buy into because I think it's something that we already need we all need a vision in order to make sure that we are really following a set kind of guide or you know um, or basically a plan in our life and I think that is so important so what and so thanks again for really sharing your insights and thoughts surrounding that so honestly great um yeah I want to kind of delve into a bit about how, how you came to be listed ninth out of the UK the 150 most outstanding African and Caribbean students um 2020 to 21. Yeah, so this was actually, I think this was around the same period, this 2020 um, pandemic period, should you call it. Yeah. But I actually, there's a, actually a funny story behind this. So mm. this actual African um, Caribbean sort of magazine that that I sort of was listed in the top 10, before I actually was nominated, mm. I think I was in, um, so I just finished year 13, about to transition into university. Yeah, so before yeah. first year, so you see that summer, I remember getting a, a LinkedIn message from um, one of the people who run the the, the magazine and the yeah. program. And they literally invited me to come in on the event day. And the reason why this was so abnormal is because you don't get invited unless onto the actual event unless you're, you've made the magazine. So I, at this point <laughs> in time, I've not made the magazine. Yeah. I'm not even at university. And I, and I just find myself in central London in a fancy building <laughs> um, where there's like 150 um, or a bit more sort of like ambitious students doing amazing yeah. things. So I just I basically just sat sat in a seat. Um, didn't really have the attention on me and just absorbed in the environment some of the yeah. achievements and was mm. really really inspired so I remember leaving that I think I posted this on my Instagram so I remember mm. whilst I was on the whilst I was at the event I sat down with the actual magazine and I took a picture and I said you know what one day yeah. I'm going to make it on this magazine and, and one day mm. I'll return yeah um, and that, that was sort of my reality um, yes. in, the, in the next two years or so so the, how I actually came about it, I think some of friends actually so that's the first time I encountered it and some friends actually nominated me right um, so right you can sort of nominate you can nominate yourself or you can get nominated so I think I actually ended up doing both so I said yeah, yeah. what are the chances I'll sort of put myself forward to yeah and um again this was something that was actually disrupted by the pandemic in a sense mm-hmm. that it was meant to be a physical um award physical um award night but the the pandemic obviously 
disrupted that, delayed that. So even announcing sort of the top 150 students, right? We, we it was took like around five months after it was meant to be announced. Um, yeah. So when I heard that mm-hmm. I made top 10, I was just like, I was so focused on my university. I even forgot I, that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I actually applied. So it was definitely a shock. But, you know, mm. I'm grateful um, to be to be listed in, in that. Yeah, that's a really, really great achievement. I love, this, I, love, I love the context and the story surrounding how you kind of like were written to, or someone wrote to you on LinkedIn and then you sat there and absorbed a lot of information, a lot of knowledge and just sat there. I think that's so interesting as well and see how you actually said to yourself, one day I will be like, I want to be here and you were. And that just really shows your passion and your drive. And it's honestly really motivating, you know, to talk to you about it as well. I think that, yeah, what a great opportunity and congratulations for being listed in the top 10. I think that is honestly something that's really good. So Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. I just want to kind of ask as well, what made you decide to become a personal development coach? And tell us, can you also tell us a bit about how you've helped um, people so far? Yes, yes. So I think personal development is actually a sort of... um it's a topic that actually adds a lot of confusion because a lot mm. of people don't know what personal development is and even for me I thought it was just um, one sort of state but as I mm. continue to grow in age and continue to meet new people I actually realized that we never stop personally developing mm. so um, but the, I, I'll tell you the stage I sort of reached that realization that this stuff is important and that yeah. was when I was in sixth form and um, I attended my first ever sort of I would call it like a networking event maybe oh, yeah, I, I think that. I was yeah yeah yes there was a website I think it was called a meetup I'm not sure what it's called now oh, like, meet I just, up. yeah 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 do you know yeah it? yeah, yeah I do <laughs> yeah so I was I was I think I booked an event on meetup and just went by myself just mm. literally went by myself um and I met a few different people and they were listening to what you can call motivational speakers yeah, um, at the yeah. time was like Tony Robbins, um, Eric Thomas, mm. um, Inky, Inky Johnson and a few different other people. So I sort of started to tap in, into what they were listening to, open yeah. me up to certain different books, um, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. And it just made me realize, um, wow, there's actually people who are investing a lot of time in themselves yeah right you you don't don't really you don't really notice that that we have 24 hours in a day (laughs) and 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 most of those hours are not actually like most depending on whoever you're a student you're on full-time work but you actually end up working or you actually end up using a lot of those hours in your Mm day to to sort of better somebody else or help you know in a different project or organization but how much are you actually working on yourself Mm. sharpening your own skills you know honing your in your abilities so Mm. when I sort of realized that and um there was a quote by Jim Rohn which I'll never forget so he was like big sort of pioneer in the personal development space and he says yeah if you work on your job you'll make a living if you work on yourself you'll make a fortune I love that. So I was like, yeah, ah, I so I, I need to work on myself. Yeah, I need to, to improve my communication skills, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So um, what that led me to do is basically um, first improve myself. Yeah. Then find out how can I now improve others? Because mm. mm. there's no point in improving myself and not using this wisdom and this knowledge in order to give people the tips and skills they need to improve themselves. So, mm. like I previously mentioned, I started giving away my time for free yeah. to talk to people um, about these certain topics, about how one can improve their communication skills, about how one yeah, can yeah, 
how they believe you know their belief mm. system or or how they can achieve their goals or what I done how they can draw from my story in order to help them and mm. and I created videos posted on Instagram um uh, posting quotes pictures so many different things then I've just ran so many different sort of online events and different yeah. um, physical events as well in order to facilitate that yeah honestly Victor once again that is actually really insightful I think it's really interesting the way you said that, that you have to work on yourself first and then you can have others I think like in order to be a leader you need to you know work on yourself first because you can't lead people to a place where you haven't gone to before so that's really important as well I think what you were saying about your Instagram I was obviously having a scroll through in a non-stalkish way obviously just to find out a bit about you like my guest speakers um, <laughs> yeah. I did notice that you do like post like a lot of quotes and motivational words as well so that's obviously quite beneficial for people who are following you as well so for those who aren't following um victor please do follow because you, you will benefit from those quotes and that you know that support as well which is really um really helpful i think also what you talked about about that quote as well that you said that if you work on your you work uh, i think you say that if you work in a job you make a living right whereas if you work yes. on, on yourself you make a fortune that is such a a key distinction between making a living and making a fortune and that just shows the importance of working on yourself and enhancing and building on your skills and that is something that really needs to be put to the forefront and it's so imperative right it's so salient it's so important you have to do that so thank you again for those wonderful insights into what you're doing as well so that's great um so everyone in the next section we're going to talk about Victor's work experience and a bit about his favorite experiences so um yeah so so stay tuned for that So Victor, can you tell us about your two favourite work experiences? Two favourite? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm fortunate to, enough to have a um, sort of experience in a few different places. Mm. But I think one of my first ones, um, first experiences was when I was actually in sixth form and um, I signed up for this sort of, it was a one week work experience mm. um, in the summer for like a professional service firm. So one of the big four. And um, that was a really insightful summer because it was actually, I think, one of the first times that like I traveled into to like London, central London almost every day <laughs> for, for 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 a week because that's um, commitment, so, dedication. Yeah. Exactly. I think it's it's quite significant because when where I grew up from, like I was sort of always in my environment, like my my neighborhood, my hometown, etc. Yeah. etc. We'll go out sometimes, but that's only for like if it was like a birthday, etc. Yeah, et yeah. So um no, it definitely opened my eyes to just um life outside of um, my area um and also the reason why i think this was a great work experience is because it basically was a stepping stone into finance right. and into um i guess the corporate world where yeah. you can learn about so many so many different moving parts in the financial industry mm. so um i learned about accounting mm. you know i learned about why why is accounting important for example yeah yeah um and who, who works on that and etc so um that was definitely quite insightful mm. and i guess my second experience work experience was actually at a fintech company mm-hmm. um so i actually had the privilege to intern at a fintech company for four weeks and Whoa. i spent my time there rotating across many of their business divisions yeah. so I got to sit with some of the business analysts. Mm-hmm. Um, I sat with some of the consultants, 
I sat with some of the data science and also um, I sat with um, the design team. So working on um, sort of UX, UI, which is user experience and user interface. Right, right. I won't yeah. get into that now, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, no, it, it was a great, it was a great experience for, yeah. for I think I was, how old was that? I think I was like 18 maybe. Okay. Yeah, probably okay. Yeah. 18 and, and it was just a great experience to mm. um to sit with so many different business functions and learn about what they do and learn how technology is actually shaping the financial industry that's yeah that's great like I can really like see and sense a passion there like when you're describing about the financial sector and then you know accounting and things I think that work experience as a whole is so important for me personally as well and using the summer is really important because I remember um, in the summer of 2018 I actually had um, a week work experience in a law firm which actually opened my eyes to what type of law what type of law that I enjoyed and what type of law that I didn't enjoy and so it's really important to get work experience because you'll never know unless you try it as well just to clarify you said that you had that experience when you're 18 and how old are you now then just for the listeners so I'm 21 now so it's been three years (laughs) (laughs) okay just want to clarify that that's really interesting so let's talk a little bit about your experience as part of the Warwick Entrepreneurs Warwick Entrepreneurs yeah Yeah. so on my so I've always been basic I don't, I don't it's actually quite interesting so i actually study entrepreneurship as a module in university right, right now okay and a lot of people of i guess because when people think about business it's very practical you have yeah. to start it right but i'm actually studying the theory so i'm looking at academic papers what scholars have to say about entrepreneurship yeah. where did the term sort of come from how others define it so it's definitely added a different sort of perspective on it but i would say that from a young age i was sort of that kid that was always selling in school whether it was um you know i was actually selling things different from sweets and chocolates so i was selling like <laughs> yeah. jewelry chicken mm. wraps um different sort of cards playing cards and i sort of took that passions um with me all the way up until the university yeah so i thought i joined university there's so many different societies to join yeah, which are. one do i join mm. of course the work entrepreneur society where <laughs> i can meet meet fellow fellow budding or aspiring entrepreneurs can you say yeah so um I actually didn't only join it I actually applied to join the team so um, the structure in my university Warwick might be a bit different from others but you basically have an executive team um, and you have different functions such as marketing events um, finance etc but I wanted to join the events team so in first year of university you can apply to be a freshers rep um, which is basically like second in line to like the events exec so um, I actually applied and I successfully got the position and when I got the position sort of we got straight to work yeah (laughs) yeah with um we basically organized our flagship summit a flagship event called Mm -hmm. the warwick impact summit and we had like entrepreneurs from the apprentice such as mark bright um chris forbes he actually runs a very successful um sustainable company called the cheeky panda um it's actually grown but um, sounds familiar yeah yeah so yeah. <laughs> i had a great great experience literally organizing mm. events meeting new entrepreneurs um and it yeah it was amazing yeah it sounds amazing it sounds really interesting and i will like just kind of like make reference to your earlier point about societies to everyone listening societies are really really important and they help you basically to figure out and kind of um obviously there's you know the part one you know the benefit one is that it's like a sense of community and benefit to it is that you get to basically do the things you love so for example I'm actually a member of a book club and also a law society as well so for me that basically keeps me up to date with any you know relevant legal experience and in terms of the book club it just it's a lovely form of 
community as well so that's honestly so so good um and thanks for sharing your thoughts about that as well it, it just sounds so interesting and I, I i do remember when you were talking about the chicken wraps you know you know i love chicken wraps so if i was there <laughs> um work i mean work experience is crucial so i'll say like nine I guess yeah. I, I don't want to just say 10, <laughs> but I, I, I'll say nine. And I think um, the reason why there's a small caveat, because I think work experience is important, but I guess there's the the right work experience for, yes. because there's no point doing work experience in an industry, a field, which you have, I guess, zero interest in going into or see yourself there. Of course, every every life is an experience, right? So yeah, every is, work yeah. experience might actually open doors to someone you might meet um, right. or something you didn't know. But um, in terms of sort of the sort of time constraint we all have when yeah. it comes to applying for work experience, mm-hmm. um, actually going to do the work experience. Because I remember reading a paper because I'm a student in economics and I actually learned yeah. that there's actually costs associated with work experience, right? You have to, if it's in person, you have to travel to the firm. You have True. to get food. Um, there's so Financial many... You have, well, yeah. Exactly. You have to dress up. People actually might have, have to go and buy clothes and different accessories. So if you're spending all of those hidden costs on the work mm. experience, do make sure it's, you know, situated around what you believe you want to do, if that makes yeah. sense. But it's definitely... Yeah i'll put it right up there and then completely agree work experience is so imperative it's crucial but i definitely get what you're saying about the in-person and the physical work experience also for me i am a champion of the virtual work experience um because i just literally like turn on my laptop at home and sit at home but then again there are obviously disadvantages because of the digital divide and not everyone having access to the same you know like you know devices and things so there are pros and cons everywhere but yeah but i do kind of miss that in-person work experience right like i remember going into the law firm i felt so happy like i got obsessed with mm. tea for a while like i just couldn't stop drinking tea and now it's yeah i know tea, tea. i thought you were about to say coffee <laughs> it's coffee I, now. I, I, yeah. yes i i definitely um when i done my i think my first not my second internship or something like that yeah. that's when i really understood there's a quite a strong coffee culture <laughs> in is. london um so i oh, i did right. drink a few coffees i'm a bit guilty of that but no, um, i'm very guilty of that i have the prep coffee subscription i spent like yeah let's not even go oh into really yeah, i've the, heard about the, how many coffees do you get a day or something you get like five and it's like it's, it's like 30 minutes apart you can have any drink you want you can have frappes smoothies coffees yeah yeah wow. let's just say it's a lot of money spent on that like a few of my friends actually cancelled theirs as well and i was like i'm, I'm cancelling mine now well yeah coffee is just that thing because it keeps you awake but i think it's like the novelty of being a student in london grabbing a coffee going to like cafe nero or like costa or, or whatever so victor can you tell us a bit about your volunteering experience where did you volunteer and how was it I think the first time I volunteered was with an organisation called Into University. Mm-hmm. So um, it was actually part was part of a bigger programme called the Big City Bright Future um, programme. And right. they were a programme which is, I honestly recommend anyone to search them up. So they actually offered sort of training and work experience and internships at companies um, whilst, you in, whilst you basically go through your college or sixth form um, sort of period yeah that's so great. yeah but they, they they were also linked up with uh into university an organization that um offers sort of the same tailored advice and they actually had the opportunity to volunteer in primary schools and secondary schools and yeah. i thought why not 
<laughs> so <laughs> I actually volunteered um, at uh, not yeah volunteered at a primary school, um, Brampton. It was actually Brampton Manor Primary School. So yeah. I'm sure everybody knows about the sixth form, but no one knows they actually have a primary school not too far from there. So I actually okay. volunteered, um, and I was helping with some of the I was helping with the students work and after club. So mm-hmm. majority sorry. I volunteered at Inter University, yeah. but the majority of their students were from this primary school. Right. And um, I was basically helping them whilst facilitating a lot of things, sort mm. of things like their games. Um, so they'll come in and have interactive group games and tasks. Yeah. And then I'll help the students with their maths or with their homework, English, etc. Mm. And just trying to be um, a good sort of mentor to them I guess you know at such a young age I think it's important to guide and navigate how our sort of the younger generations growing up and having yeah. their essential skills you know they need in this life so yeah that's really interesting actually I think it's really good to like help other people I think volunteering is really really and interesting as well and I think it allows you to meet other people from different backgrounds different cultures as well so I um, completely agree with that and I think it sounds so great that you've done that as well I think it's really really good so yeah just briefly with your A-levels then so you've got um, basically three A's in your A-levels so congratulations with that just briefly which A-levels did you do and then can you give a listen to any tips to basically do the best I can at at A-level yeah so I studied maths economics and biology and um, going into um, sixth form was quite daunting because going into sixth form was quite daunting because I actually didn't think I was that strong in maths and I had a couple of people telling me oh no matter what you get in GCSE maths A-level maths is a huge jump and you won't do it so well yes not nice at all is it Um, other people put in sort of their I guess their negative experiences on you so when I actually got there I was a bit nervous but actually what I learned is that although they're quite difficult subjects um, I quite enjoyed learning yeah um i definitely enjoyed economics i think that was my favorite subject um, mm. because it's a subject i never studied before I've ne- i didn't know what eco- economics or the economy meant yeah and, and, and it's quite interesting thinking that i was very um into business from a very very young age but i didn't even know what the economy is <laughs> so, yeah um but no so i studied those three subjects and, and like you just previously mentioned i was fortunate enough to get three a's in it and yeah, that just good. came from hard work hard work honestly (laughs) hard work like I I wasn't a library person I wouldn't say Mm. I was in the library you know till late I was never a library person I was the type of person that would sort of stay in class I I would listen but honestly half of the information in class would go out go out my head but I always just know after school I'm going to get a lot of work done at home crucial times there Mm. that's that's what happened to me so I spent a lot of time at my dining table um, yeah. <laughs> just literally doing work and and eventually you know hard work does pay off so yeah well hard work clearly has paid off in your case because you've got three you know because you've got three A's which is really good especially for someone who did my A-levels as well A's are really really good so well done once again um I was going to say that I think to all the listeners that you know the, those are tuning today don't be put off by people's negative um experiences or what they may say they're going to say so you, so you said that you know getting you know three A's in your A-levels was a product of hard work we can definitely see that but is there anything that like you would say now for people let's say someone's getting you know they're, they're not doing as well as they want to do and they want okay. to do better because you know some people actually if you're in year 13 they have their mocks coming up or they might have yes. exams what can they do now 
to get to where they want to get to? No, that's a great question. I think the first thing they need to do is identify their weaknesses. Okay. So I, I'm not sure if this is for everybody, but what happened with me is that when I, when it comes to studying and when it comes to subjects and learning, of course, I actually often put much more time on doing what I could get right. So when it came to doing past papers, I intentionally answered the questions I know I can answer. But a lot of us don't actually spend more time on things we don't have a clue on or we're not really strong at. So that is exactly what I think that students, if you're currently studying, focus on your weaknesses right now. And the best way to do that is to go through the specification of the subject Mm. and start to highlight things that you think, okay, you know, you can color code it, right? Red. I need serious work in this area on yeah. this topic. Um, yellow, you know, medium amount of work, then green, I'm pretty confident. So then once you've identified what you need to work on, you can then allocate time efficiently. And I'm not saying that you're not allocating time to your studies or revising, yeah. but I think the best way to do it is to find a, um, a method of, of, of studying. And I'll just mention Cal Newport because mm. Cal Newport is a phenomenal author and he wrote a book called Deep Work and he has many other books, How to Become a Straight Eight Student. And in, this, in these books, um, he basically, he talks about methods or of, of learning and methods right. of studying and he talks about what deep work is compared to shallow work so i'll quickly just paraphrase yeah, yeah. Uh, you know deep, deep work is sort of the work you do when there are zero distractions it's an right. intense state of learning because he talks about we only have a finite amount of willpower so the things that we want to do right no one can just i don't know naming someone that can just study for six hours straight right it's pretty pretty difficult but he talks about having a finite willpower and once you now have distractions whilst you're trying to work whether that's open tabs on youtube um whether that's people next to you just chatting in your ear etc it's going to distract you and there's another sort of scientific fact that once you're distracted it takes around another 20 minutes to get back to the focus point you were before Mm. and people don't realize these these little trivial things but it can affect how you study so yeah um go and look up Cal Newport and different ways to study and allocate deep time for deep work and allocate time for shallow work so shallow work is basically the opposite it's sort of non-cognitive demanding tasks that you can do whilst doing other things it does make sense the difference between shallow work so things that you can do while you're doing other things and then deep work which takes like more time and effort and concentration exactly. right I- I'll give you a more concrete example for example yeah. um Deep work can be something like you're coding to build right. a new application. Okay. That requires deep work because if you make one mistake in the code, yeah. it can ruin the whole project. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas shallow work might be... Um, so sh- and, and deep work can also include sitting a past paper because it requires a bit of focus. Yeah. Shallow work might be maybe reading um, a review of a, of a book or right. reading a blurb or reading what you need to do for your lesson tomorrow yeah right you might want to make quick notes before you enter the lesson tomorrow that's sort of shallow work you right. might be able to do that whilst um you're having a conversation or you might be able to do that whilst you're listening to something on spotify yeah, or yeah. I, I personally know some people who who manage to write essays and on the other screen they have netflix up now <laughs> that just goes to show everyone works differently yeah. um, everyone works differently but i know personally i've always succeeded in splitting my time between deep work and, and shallow, shallow work. work 
Yeah, thanks, Lucy, for that great distinction between deep work and shallow work. And I think really it's subjective. It differs according to who you are because I see some people who can just like study for like four hours. I'm like, okay, I need a break here. Whereas they're like, no, I don't need a break. But it really does depend. But thank you for that distinction. So um, thank you, Victor, for coming on the show today. Just last question. How can the listeners get in touch with you after the show? Um, yeah, so you can reach me on Instagram at Victor Sasanya. Yeah. You can reach me at on Twitter at Victor Sasanya number one, and um, LinkedIn Victor Sasanya, and also my website www.victorsasanya.com. Thank you very much for coming on the show today. Uh, your insights are most appreciated, and thank you very much. Thank you so much.